Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Glover's Talk, Somerset Live's weekly podcast discussing all things Yeovil Town Football Club. I'm your host Liam Trim. Joining me this week is, as always, is Stephen Dalbiak. Hi Liam. Our sports reporter and Mike Taylor. Hello there. Well then, whatever will be, will be. That's what they say, isn't it? Yeovil have missed out on a place at Wembley in the Checker Trade final after sadly falling to a defeat away at Shrewsbury. We'll be talking about that match and Stephen's impressions of the game and, and the, I guess their run in the checker trade in general and, and that, that, that tournament, it's, it's a much debated tournament, what the prize money will do to help the club in future. We'll have an interview with, with the club's new goalkeeper as well. If you don't know about him, he's been brought in to provide competition for Johnny Madison. And then we've also got a few injuries to discuss. Someone getting called up for a national team, one of Yeovil's players, which is very exciting. And of course, our usual quiz and a look ahead to the League Two fixture against Newport County. Right, uh, we're recording this, I should say, on, on March the 8th. So let's get on with it. Stephen, you travelled up to Shrewsbury. What happened? It was, it was another corner that undid Yeovil, wasn't it? Only a 1-0 defeat, we should yeah. say. It was a corner and it's a real shame because I think for the vast majority of the game they were very, very you know, resilient, very, very strong and it was a, a very decent performance when you consider the um, the, the level and quality that, or the difference in quality that exists between Yeovil and Shrewsbury. Of course, Shrewsbury a team who are second in League One and um, really look like they could well be promoted into the Championship. So it was, it was always going to be a tough game and it's unfortunate because Yeovil defensively stood firm for a lot of that game, particularly through the first half. Shrewsbury didn't have a single uh, shot on target in that first half and then, of course, um, just after the hour mark, um, I think it was Tom James who just let his guard down slightly from the corner and Carlton Morris came in, headed past um, Johnny Madison and punished them and it was, it was a shame because I think when you consider that Shrewsbury are playing at a high level that Yeovil are, they are a better team, they've got better players. You know, Yeovil made it difficult for them and they could have you know, taken the game to penalties of that chance from um, Otis Khan right at the end there. So it was, uh, it was one of those things, you know, it was a case of what might have been really because Yeovil did have chances. But I think on the whole, I think they acquitted themselves pretty well when you consider the challenge that they were up against. And it's just a shame that with Wembley so close that they did fall at that final hurdle. Yeah, and I saw the club shared on Twitter a sort of exciting late break from Yeovil, which ended in a shot being saved by the Shrewsbury keeper. Was that a moment that you, as a Yeovil fan and a reporter, was getting excited? Yeah, heart was in my mouth at that point. It was um, it was Reese Brown. It was a superb ball through to Otis Khan, and then he got himself almost through one on one. He was at quite a tight angle. There yeah. were a couple of Shrewsbury players there, so it wasn't the easiest of chances. But we've seen, you know, Otis Khan all season. He's been scoring from those. Um, kind of um, positions and angles on a, on a regular basis and so you, you saw him go through there and you thought hang on will this be the moment and unfortunately for Yeovil it was a great save by Dean Henderson the Shrewsbury goalkeeper to um, to deny him but it, it, it was it was a you know, very fine margins you know that decide these games and um, unfortunately I think what you saw from Yeovil on Tuesday was that they let their guard down gave Shrewsbury one opportunity that they took and when Yeovil got theirs right at the end um, they couldn't quite take it and um, I think that's the difference and that's the reason why Shrewsbury are going to Wembley and Yeovil unfortunately uh, out of the semi-final stage Yeah and obviously it's been a difficult season for Yeovil you know we know that on this podcast and all our, all our listeners of this podcast will know that but you know, you've been quite upbeat about this result in that, you know, like you say, it's 
it was against a team of a different level of quality, so Yeovil should take heart from it. Yeah, I mean, it's fair to say it was not the most adventurous of Yeovil displays. They were penned back in their own half for a lot of the game. Shrewsbury did dominate possession. They moved the ball around well. And, uh, but I think you do have to take into account the fact that they are uh, playing at a higher level. It's not like this wasn't a League 2 game. I think if Yeovil had gone into a League 2 game and played like that or a team around where they are in the league, you could understand a bit of criticism coming their way and that they didn't try to take the game to them enough. But you've got to consider that, you know, for, for Yeovil to get something from that game, they had to stay in it as long as they can. They probably had to keep it at 0-0 for as long as they could. And then towards the end of the game, Ben begin to show much more of an attacking threat. And they, they did that. To be fair to them, you know, they brought Sam Surridge on at half-time. They introduced Rhys Brown early in the second half. And they, they did push men forward. And of course, they brought Alfie Santos um, they brought him on of about 15 minutes to go and um, you know he played a couple of good balls forward and tried to you know help create something but I think Yeovil were always going to be the underdogs in that game there's no two ways about that you know Shrewsbury you know when you get to the semi-finals of a cup competition it doesn't matter what you know how seriously you may have taken it in the earlier rounds or what the feeling about the competition is among the fans you know semi-finals there and there's a chance to get to Wembley the vast majority of, of people are going to be right behind that and doing everything they can to make sure they get to that final and so I think you've, you've got to you know look at it realistically you know Shrewsbury were always likely to win the game. They were always your favourites for it. Yeovil went there, they gave it everything they could, but unfortunately, that extra bit of quality that Shrewsbury do have told in the end. And um, But you can't you can't take anything away from, from Yeovil to get to the semi-finals, to do it in the way that they have. They've knocked out three League One teams to get there. You know, it's been a good run. And in terms of prize money, it's been a really good um, good bonus for them as well because they've got I think it's £155,000 in prize money from the competition oh, which when added to the money they've um, they earned from the FA Cup run and that game against Manchester United now you know it puts them in a really good position where they can build a platform for next season and um, I think that's, that's the main thing we can take from this run it's building for the future it's securing a long-term financial future of the club and making sure that in future they're in a better position to compete. And just briefly to come back to the game itself, I think we discussed this earlier, but I saw some local fans on regional television, they were saying that, 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 that Yeovil didn't show any fight in the, in the later stages of the game. And from your analysis, it sounds like you're disagreeing with that because they did have a go late on and, and they, they yeah, just approached think, the game realistically. Yeah, I think you just have to, you have to take into account the strength of your position. I know sometimes it's quite easy to do and you know you say a cup semi-final but there, there is a difference in quality and you know, I don't think you can speak highly enough of the job that Paul Hurst has done at Shrewsbury he went into there last season with the team in the relegation zone in League One he kept them up they were favourites um, to go down again this year and he's built a really good team there with a good team spirit good work rate and he's got them up to second in League One and really fighting for it and they you know they desperately would have wanted to go through as well naturally and um, and to get the chance to get that silverware for themselves so I think Yeovil was up against it and I think you know to restrict a team like that when you consider the, the way in which they dominated possession in the first half to restrict them to no shots on target at all in the first half I think they only had maybe two or three other really good you know shots on goal throughout the game that, and um it was it was only really then at the end that that chance from Otis Khan that drew a good save from their goalkeeper that stopped it from going to penalties. And if Yeovil had taken it to penalties, even if they'd won or not, you know it's a case of what might have been. But if they managed to get a draw out of that and take it to penalties, it would have been, would have been a, a great achievement for them to do that. So 
I mean, I understand that the way Yeovil approached the game, it wasn't the most positive we've ever seen a Yeovil team. But when you're up against opposition like that, you've got to you've got to really sit back in a way and um, and and try to to ride out and weather the storm because you know they're going to have quality and they are going to get chances. So the more difficult you can make it for them, the more likely you are if you can keep it to nil nil or one nil in the latter stages of the game, the more likely you are to then go grow into the game and get chances yourselves. And um, so I, d- I don't have a problem with the way Yeovil approached the game. I think it was the right thing to do. And um, I, th- I think on the flip side, if they'd gone out and really tried to take the game to them, it might have worked. But then on the other side, they might have let them, left themselves open to, to being broken down and they could have conceded more than the one goal that they did. So I think it's, it's a difficult one, but I, I don't have any problems with the way that they set up on the night I think they, you know, they gave it everything and unfortunately it just wasn't quite good enough so credit where credit is due uh, for Darren Way there um, and then I should, we should point out I think I'm right in saying Shrewsbury in the FA Cup held West Ham to a draw at home didn't they and forced a replay they so did they, yeah this is an impressive team Mike you are an Arsenal fan as we've discussed on, right. on the podcast before Shrewsbury will be playing Lincoln in the final of the Checker trade at Wembley yeah. obviously Lincoln encountered Arsenal in the Cup last year yeah what, what do you think Shrewsbury can expect from a Lincoln team that have just come up from the non-league and keep keep going well I and think too? I think you'll see quite an inspired Lincoln performance, isn't it? Not their first it's appearance. their first ever time at Wembley. Yeah, first ever time at uh, Wembley, so I think they'll be up for it. So probably be, the, you know, before that Wembley trip, I guess the trip yeah. to the Emirates and Arsenal was... Was the previous big stadium in their locker, wasn't it? Oh yeah, so, yeah, and yeah. I think they'll be. I think they'll. I like to think they'll be quite used to it. And I think they'll be up for the challenge. They'll be inspired to produce quite a solid uh, performance against Shrewsbury and uh, make it really difficult, really. Because I think even for the neutral, and I think if you've got two teams that are really up for it, um, really competitive, you're, you're going to get have a fantastic uh, game. I think the Lincoln. I mean, they are the underdogs, but as I've seen, it's shown last season, you know, going so far into the FA Cup, uh, who knows how well they could do well, this. I think uh, it'd be a really good game. I mean, you've final, got two it? managers, Danny Cowley at Lincoln and Paul Hurst at Shrewsbury, oh, yeah. two good young managers, young English managers, who I think, you know, have got a really good um, future in the game. I think it's, yeah. it's more than feasible that you'll see them managing at a much higher level in the future. So I'm sure, you know, both teams will set up well and uh, I think they'll, they'll go for it. So... I think it'll be a really exciting um, final and most importantly, and I know this will please a lot of people who are against the concept of under-21 teams in the competition, it's two traditional football league clubs in the final, yeah. which is, uh, I think that's uh, that's the most important thing for all concerned. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. I was going to say as well, but doesn't that sort of undervalue the whole point of having under-21 Premier League teams in there? Like, surely they should be in there to prove their worth and get far and deep it's Chelsea did didn't they yeah. Chelsea only um, they got to the semi-finals Lincoln knocked them out on penalties yes, in there, so yeah. Chelsea nearly made it but I think it would be a sham you know if you get to the final of an under 21 team how many of their fans are really going to go to Wembley I mean it's just one mm, of those yeah. it would have devalued the competition I feel had Chelsea got there if you ask me and Stephen you've seen both Shrewsbury and Lincoln first hand obviously in their fixtures with Yeovil this season Yeah, who would your money be on? I think Lincoln will give it a good go. I think they're they're a good team. They're a good cup team, as we saw from their cup run and you know, in the FA Cup last year. But I think Shrewsbury will they'll they'll they're just a bit too strong. I think you know they've got a really good um, good side there. Paul Hurst has done a great job, so it's difficult to look past them. I say my money will be on Shrewsbury to win it. Yeah, so I'm sure I'm sure the checker trade debate will will come around again next season. Uh, it is a, a strange format, and you know we can see what they're trying to do, giving younger players experience. But as you as you say, Stephen, I think it's good for 
for football, you know, this season, those two proper league teams are in the final. Uh, let's turn our attentions back to Yeovil Town Matters then. It's a shame that result in, in the Cup, but we have to move on. And one of the good pieces of news recently was that after the first choice keeper, Arter, got a, got, a, uh, got a nasty injury. Johnny Madison stepped up. He's been very impressive. But 36-year-old Stuart Nelson has been signed as a free agent to provide some uh, cover and competition there. Stephen spoke to him this week to find out how he's been getting on at Hewish Park. Just something we'll talk about um, where you left Gillingham at the end of January. Was that something a decision that you'd made in terms of giving you more flexibility to be able to move? Yeah, definitely. I think um, ultimately uh, it didn't work out for me in the last sort of six, six maybe to eight months. Uh, previous manager, face didn't fit. You can only ask him really the situation, why it didn't work. But I mean, my time at Gillingham was unbelievable. Like the the rapport I had with the fans, the the awards I got, winning the league title, uh, getting in the PFA team, and there was numerous um, like I couldn't even mention high highlights of my whole career there um, that I wouldn't even couldn't even go into. It's such a fantastic time. So I don't look at it as it's fin- it finished on a negative. I look at it finished on a positive because I had the opportunity to go free in the window, and then this come up. And if I didn't, if I was still on contract with them and I wasn't free agent, then I wouldn't have had this club coming for me. And I'm I can't I'm I'm delighted that I'm here. And so the positive of I banked that time with Gillingham. I was like um, the third highest on there as a goalkeeper attendances for the club, which to me is a massive achievement. That one that I'll that I'm, I appreciate every minute I played for him, but that that's the past now. And to make that decision, that call on deadline day to to go free in the window and sort of take a chance that see what's out there, I couldn't have been happy with where I've sort of ended up. It's it's perfect for me. I mean, I said it originally. I'm from Stride, so I feel like I'm I am West Country anyway. Although I'm at the top of it, I am. This is sort of my area, like so. It's it feels like a little bit like I've I've come home in that sense as well. Was the overall the only club that were interested in you, or did you have some other? No, there was others. I turned them down um, because they weren't right. They weren't right for me, and they weren't right for my family. And ultimately, I do I do all this for for me, and my, myself, and my family. Uh, I've got two two young kids and my wife back in Chelmsford, um, which that's not an issue. That they're, they're a long way away. It's not an issue because we're we're all again we're me and my wife and my children. We're a team as well, and we're all doing working for a team. Um, this was the right move for me. There was other clubs that were closer to home that, that weren't right for me or my family. So they, they weren't, but said once once I knew there was an interest from Yeovil, I was very keen to come come down and speak to the manager. And said once I come down, it, it, it only reiterated what I already knew and what I'd already seen from when I was, said I was good friends with Lloyd Awusa, what I'd already seen when I'd been with him and when I spoke to him recently about it as well. So yeah, I'm, so I'm delighted. You just mentioned Lloyd Awusa, I think a couple of... Um, um, your teammates at Gillingham were players who were at Yeovil last year, and Tom mm. Eves and Alex Lacey. Did you yeah. speak to them as well? Um, no, I don't think I need to. I didn't. Like, I was I was quite close with Evesy. Um, we sat next to each other in the dressing room, um, but I didn't. I said there wasn't too much to think about. It, this is the point I'm trying to make. I, there wasn't. I didn't need convincing. Like I come down and met the manager, and he showed me around. And he was obviously, in a way, what he was doing was trying to sell the club to me. He didn't need to. Like he, that's his job to do that as a as a as a manager to a potential new signing, of course. So all he did was make it even better than what I already knew. So he did do well in what he done, but he didn't. I didn't need any convincing to come here because it was so. As soon as there was an interest, I was 
I, I couldn't wait to sort of get down here and get going. Yeah. And that experience that you have built up at Gillingham and at other clubs throughout your career, no doubt that's something which will stand you in good stead for if you get a run in the team. But is that also something which you're hoping can rub off on the other players that are already here and help them too? Well, my, my sort of way I, I go about myself is I try and uh, go about myself with the highest standard possible. Um, I don't cut any corners. And if I can give my experience to any one player, then I'll do it. But if it's a case of players just seeing me doing the right things, that's also a way of rubbing off on players. So I'll never cut a corner because I don't ever want to be caught out on that one time the player looks at me when I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing. So I, I live by that, that for every moment of my life while I'm at this football club, I will not cut a corner and I'll do things right. And if anyone takes 1% of that and puts it in a positive for this football club, it's what I've set out to do. And just finally, your, your targets for your time here, what, what do you most want to achieve from your time here at Hewish Park? Well, I want the club to move forward. And, and, and if that's with me in it or with me out of it, as long as the club moves forward, that's the, the, prime, the main objective. All right, so good to hear from Stuart Nelson there. But there's also some other team news ahead of uh, the fixture against Newport in Yeovil this weekend, isn't there, Stephen? I think there's an injury to Jake Gray. Yeah, and it's bad news, I'm afraid. Um, and um, I don't think it'll be much surprise to anybody who was at the Carlisle game when he sustained the injury, but it was a really nasty ankle injury that he sustained. And it was one of those that really was quite innocuous at the time because he put a cross in and slipped, lost his footing, and then he twisted his ankle as he fell. And it was a really nasty... It was one of those where the second he did it, you knew it was bad because the way he was banging the turf... You could tell he was in real pain. The way both teams were calling the physios on immediately, the fact he was stretched off paramedics in a leg brace and everything like that. It was a really, really bad injury, and it's a it's a real shame um, for him because I think in the last few months Jake Gray's been one of the most consistent performers in the Oval team. He's come in, he's really cemented a place in that midfield, and mm. he he's been one of their real you know pivotal players in getting them up the table after they had a, a bad run sort of before Christmas. He, he really came in and, um, and made a difference there. So, unfortunately, the news is that he's, um, he's out for the rest of the season, probably struggling to make the start of next season from what um, Darren All told right. us at the um, press conference this afternoon. I think he, he, he could struggle to be back in time for, for August. So, it's a big blow there. He's had, um, he's had an operation it's now. A had, layoff, yeah. So um, all we can say really is, you know, um, you know, we wish him well and um, hopefully he makes a, a good and, um, and quick recovery and that he is back in time for next season because I think if he is, he'll have a lot to offer the team next year and um, it's never nice to see a player get injured like that, particularly from such an innocuous thing as putting a cross in, you know, it's not something you see very often and it's a real yeah. shame, you know, it's something that, you know, we all do, anyone who's ever played football at any level, whether it be in the Premier League or at the park, you know, you do that sort of thing all the time and so... To get hurt from that, it's a real shame, and mm. um, and hopefully, you know, when he does come back, he comes back just as um, good as he he has been for Yeovil this season. And who do you see slotting into Yeovil's starting eleven to kind of fill fill the void? I guess in the well, meantime, we have got options because the, the likes of um, Reese Brown and Jordan Green, notice Carney, you know, you can play out wide. So they're they're obviously the wide areas. They're well stocked there. They're well stocked in the middle because you've got Oscar Goburn, who's Come, just come back from injury himself. You've got Connor Smith, you've got Jared Bird, Lewis Wing, Alfie Santos as well. So and of and of course, um James Bailey you would expect to come back from his knee injury before the end of the season. So there are there are players there who can come in and replace him, but when you've got somebody who who's been as consistent and um as strong as Jake Gray has been in that midfield, 
this season. It's always uh, a real shame when you have to go in and replace him. And um, I've no doubt that you know, the team will be much weaker without him in there because he has made a real big impact in there in recent months. Absolutely. Well, it is good to see that there is a bit of squad depth at Yeovil now, isn't there? Turning to more positive news after that grim news of an injury, Bevis Mugabe. Yes. Now, this is this is fantastic news, isn't it? Um, a bit of a random one. Yeah, but, well, but very he's, exciting. He's, We've got an international footballer at Yeovil Town. Yeah, well, it's not the first time he's been called up, of course. Um, Bevis Mugabe, he's been called into the Uganda squad. They've got a couple of friendlies later this month. One of them is against Malawi on the 24th of March. The other one is, I believe, on the 27th. Uh, it's against an unnamed opponent as of yet. But um, but Mugabe's been called up into the Uganda squad and um, could be in line to make his full international debut for them later this month. So that's great. You know, it's a uh, you know, big world under him. You, he's been out of the team with injury in recent weeks, but he's one of those players that he's cut, when he has played, he's generally a very solid player. You know, he... he it's fully deserving of it and um, hopefully, you know, it's the kind of thing where to get an international call-up, it can spur you on and um, and really help you at club level too. So um, that's really good, although I have to mention it because this is the other, the other you know, really interesting aspect of it was that we, I obviously asked Darren Way for his reaction to Mugabe's call-up at the press conference earlier today and um, he said that the first that he'd heard about Mugabe being called up was when he'd read it on the internet. So I think there may be some... <laughs> You know, it's probably quite unusual for a manager not to to find out about yeah. these sort of things before it's uh, announced. Yeah. If you'd think that the um, Ugandan FA or um, you know, in terms of procedure and protocol, we probably have uh, and probably should have told um, Yeovil Town at yeah. that they were going to call up one of their players. But I think for Mugabe, it's a great opportunity and. Um, Hopefully, you know, like, like I was ju- just said a moment ago, it, it's the kind of thing that can give him the impetus and then spur him on to perform better when he returns so, to Hewish Park. So in terms of the practicalities of this, if he's got a friendly against Malawi, is that going to be in Africa? Yes, so I think so the, 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 the... Yeah, so it's in Uganda, I believe. I believe the second one is, is there as well. It might be away because the opponent hasn't been confirmed, so I'm not 100% yeah. sure. Because obviously this is that. the sort of issue we're used to kind of talking about with Premier League teams. I remember yeah. a few years ago you had Chelsea and Manchester City both had very... Well, and, and Arsenal, of course, had very yeah. strong African contingents. Oh, yeah. they? So when Africa Cup of Nations came around in the middle of the Premier League season, yeah. that was, can be a big dent to those teams that have got really strong mm. African players. So... I guess what I'm saying to you, Stephen, is is yeah. this a future problem for Yeovil if Bevis is a Yeovil player and someone that, like you say, hopefully it's good yeah. for his career, he's going to become a better yeah. better player, but does it mean we're going to see longer departures for him where Yeovil can't pick him because he's off in Africa? It could do, by all means. You know, I think if if he does go, he's uh, he will miss the, um, the game at Accrington. He'll probably, I mean, he might be back by then, but he could well miss the game against Forest Green on Good Friday as well because it's only two or three days. So he may be available, but again, when you have to do a long haul flight yeah. and sort of the problems or the, you know, associated with that, um, it could mean he's out for a couple of games. However, and, and this is an interesting one because it, it, it is a possibility. Um, Darren also said um, at the press conference today that there's been interest internationally in four of his players, and that's because there are a few of the players in the squad are um, under 21 international oh, right. so okay. Corey Whelan for example he's on loan for Liverpool he's a Republic of Ireland under 21 right. um, Sean Donnellan as well he's also an under 21 in the Republic of Ireland squad um, Reese Brown who's played for Antigua in the past oh, wow never long so th- this is an interesting one here and the reason I'm saying this is if you ever get three or four um, players called up for international duty 
in theory, it means that that Accrington game, they could postpone it because I think the rule is if you have three players called up for international duty, you can postpone fixtures. Oh, so wow. there Ooh. is a possibility here. If you ever do get some players called up, that that game could be postponed and um, rearranged for a later date. And of course, that I'm sure, whilst it would cause a bit of a fixture pileup because there's the Swindon game to rearrange as well, I'm sure from, from Darren's point of view, if he's going to have players called up on international duty, it probably wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to get that game called off because yeah. it means that he yeah. will have a full squad to, to pick from True. afterwards. That said, I think if it was only Mugabe or if it was only Mugabe and, and Whelan or only Mugabe and Donnellan, Yeovil probably would be able just about mm. to cope with that. Yeah. It wouldn't be too easy not but ideal, the fact but is Mugabe's missed the last few weeks with an injury they're not first so, teamers are they yeah, yeah. I mean, Mugabe I, I say Mugabe's the most first team of them all yeah. from the impact that he's had but he's obviously been out of a hamstring problem only came back on the bench at Shrewsbury so he's not been playing Sean Donnellan hasn't made an appearance yet so Yeovil would be able to cope without him but I think in an ideal world you want as many players as you can available so it will be inter- interesting to see what happens if they do get three or four players called up whether they do postpone it because I can see Yeovil definitely asking the question yeah. if it can happen and um, it could well be of benefit to them to get that game rearranged if it does come to that well Glover's fans if you're listening of course we hope yeah. you are watch this space and uh, yeah. subscribe to Glover's Talk on Audio Boom and go to somersetlive.co.uk forward slash sport we'll keep you up to date will will Yeovil get matches rearranged because they've got so many top quality internationals in we've had to say that about yeah. Yeovil as well yes, I'm, yeah. not sure, I'm not sure if it's ever happened correct us Correct us if we're wrong. You know, yeah. do you know? Tweet me. You know, tell me. Tell me. I don't know what I'm talking about. You know, feel free to do that if it <laughs> has happened before. But I can't remember Yeovil having a game postponed because yeah. of international call-ups. It's call an up, so. dilemma, isn't it? And and on this note of of internationals, let's go into this week's quiz. Oh, now, Stephen was hoping I was going to do this quiz on either Ben Tozer or Matt Dolan. I think I told you I didn't want it. He said he didn't want it, but that was his way of telling me he'd be quite happy if the questions were on those guys because they, of course, play for Newport, Yeovil's opponents this weekend, but a former Yeovil Town... Well, they're, they're very significant players for Yeovil Town, weren't they, in recent seasons? But no, I've shunned those questions. To The first three questions will be about Uganda and, right, and okay. Ugandan football because of Bevis Mugabe and the second set of three questions there'll be six in total will be have a connection to Wembley Stadium because right. obviously the sad news this week the Yeovil didn't make it to Wembley Stadium okay, okay so we're ready it's Stephen versus Mike as always okay first question what's the nickname and I don't want anyone cheating here no 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 I'm not on no, anything no, I'm on no. I'm on Twitter no okay well, let's hope no one's tweeting the answer to these what's the nickname of the Uganda national the cranes party? wow Steam's straight in there the cranes is correct right okay <laughs> I mean that's that's incredible knowledge well I did write the article about Mugabe earlier on so yeah, I had an advantage oh. okay what is Uganda's best ever finish at Africa Cup of Nations quarter oh. finals yeah They've both gone quarterfinals. Doing Ugandans a disservice there. Second in 1978. Oh, well, what a romantic to be. Yeah. Okay. So final question on the Ugandan football team. Forward Farouk Mia is, is 22. He's a Ugandan international. And he plays for which Belgian club? Anderlecht. Oh. Dabs has gone Anderlecht. Mike Bruges. It's actually standard Liège. So it's for, for, for one major team we didn't say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought there's a good chance you could get it, given that there's only a few very famous Yeah, Belgian yeah, teams. I was going to say. Um... So now we're moving on to questions with a connection to Wembley. Right, OK. Newport striker Frank 
Nubel, 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 played for them at Wembley in the FA Cup fourth round replay against Tottenham Hotspur early this season. But which Premier League club did he start his career at? West Ham. Well done, Steve. Yeah. 2-0. Mike. I knew it was a London club and I was just yeah. thinking, right, okay, I've got this. Uh, this one is a number question, so I'll accept the nearest answer. How many fans can stand on the pitch at Wembley Stadium when there's a music concert on? 25,000. Do you guess anything else, Mike? I'm trying to think now, because um, one of my friends actually went to the Foo Fighters gig in uh, in Wembley. Um, oh, right. That was all. A lot of it was uh, obviously um, sitting, but it was a lot of standing. Um, I'm not sure they've been counting people in the how, picture. How many people? How many? How many did you say? Twenty-five thousand. Wow. So is real. it in and around? I think it's. I'm going to go with twenty-nine. You've gone 29. I don't know why. I Just for the drama, really, I dragged that out. But Stephen nailed it first time. It's really? 25,000. So I don't know how he's done that. But he's 25,000. So it's an unassailable 3 0 lead that Stephen has now. But oh. we will do the final two. Uh, sorry, the final one question. Oh, goodness. Just because, you know, for fun. So Tottenham have been playing their home matches at Wembley this season, obviously, because their stadium is being redeveloped at White Hart Lane. Who is the number 33 for Spurs? Oh, Ben Davis. Oh, well done, yeah. Mike. Well done. Yay. So there we go. Gets you consolation points. A consolation point, but it's a 3-1 victory for Spurs. It's a no celebration for me. I'm just going to drop back And his back dominance down. of the podcast quiz continues. And just before we leave, I'll do my usual look ahead to Yeovil's fixture this weekend on Saturday against Newport. Saturday, March the 10th. We're looking ahead to that. Uh, what will the score be, fellas? That's what we do, isn't it? We look ahead. Um, Newport obviously having a pretty decent season. We mentioned that FA Cup run. Probably not, even more impressive than Yeovil's. I don't, in a way. I don't believe they've won since that replay. Have they not? So they've Wembley. had a bit of a poor yeah, run. Yeah, they drew against uh, Home to Forest Green on Tuesday night. It was a thrill. It was a bit of a thriller. Ooh, there. Yeah, they I were did, ahead twice. So. I did see that, yeah. Forest think, Green's still sort of pulling away, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah at some point's playing now, yeah. Yeah. I think Yeovil will fancy their chances of getting something there and I think it's important they do because after this game they do have three away games in a row so it's important I think if they get a win on Saturday hopefully a couple of the teams below them will drop points and it can increase that gap yeah. to the bottom two because if you get that over that magic 10 point mark then psychologically I think that gives you a big boost going into what are going to be some tough away games so I think Yeovil will win on Saturday. I think it's a good game for them, a good time for them to play Newport, and I'm going to go with a 2-1 win for Yeovil. What about you, Mike? Hmm. Hmm. 2-1, Yeovil. Well, same as Steven. Yeah, right. it's very I'm going original. To, I'm, I'm going to yeah. go 1-1. I think, I think Newport will be difficult to beat. Yeah. But I think you're right. You know, There is an opportunity there for Yeovil if they can play well enough. Well, as always, thank you for listening, guys, to Glover's Talk. And as I said... SomersetLive.co.uk forward slash sport is the place to check for all your Yeovil Town content and go to Audio Boom and just search for Glover's Talk if you like what you heard and you want to hear more episodes. Thanks very much. Nu de Samsung S9 Plus. Voor een genadeloos lage prijs, check tele2.nl voor de beste deal voor jou. Niet